I don't know what to do. My voice is is weak. It's weak. Anyway, uh, I had this part in the picture, you know. It puts me right back up on top again. But this, uh, this man out there, he won't give it to me. The head of the studio. What's his name? Waltz. Waltz. He, he won't give it to me. And uh, he says there's no chance. No chance. Sonny? Sonny? <laughs> Honey, come you in there. What? The old man wants to see you. Now, one minute. A month ago, he bought the movie rights to this book, a bestseller. And the main character is a guy just like me. Why, uh, you know, I wouldn't even have to act, just be myself. Oh, Godfather, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Right on! With Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. 16 days for Christmas shopping, 16 days to fill the stocking, 16 days for Christmas shopping, only got 16 more. Only got 16 Hi there. How about Christmas? Have you done your shopping? You better get busy. We're hoping that your holiday is an extra special jolly day. Don Colleone, I am honored and grateful that you have invited me to your daughter's wedding. On the day of your daughter's wedding. <laughs> and I hope that their first child be a masculine, masculine child. child. I pledge my ever ending loyalty for your daughter's bridal purse. Thank you, my most valued friend. The following podcast contains harsh language, nudity, graphic violence, adult situations, and a healthy obsession with empirical reality. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. Your foist, foist child. She was the best piece of ass I ever had, and I've had them all over the world. <laughs> oh, my God. The great godfather. Um, every yeah. time that movie comes on, I've seen that movie a bazillion times. Yeah. Every single time it comes on, I will stop what I'm doing and just watch. I mean, first of all, for me, since I'm Italian, it's... Uh, you know, it's it's written somewhere into my contract, into my social contract with uh, the planet. Yeah, I mean, it's what's so amazing about that movie, God, is is that I mean, the the fact that all you got to do is see one scene from it, and, and I, I, maybe this is a guy thing, I don't know, but then you just you have to stop, you have to stop and watch because it is it is storytelling at its finest, uh, and it's and, a masterpiece, and it's not even Godfather two is even better it's godfather 2 is a is a better movie it really is but nothing beats the original it just there's something maybe it was just sort of the surprise of it but godfather godfather for a movie that was as long as it was had brevity going for it whereas uh godfather 2 was much more epic 
Well, Godfather 2, you, you actually kind of forget that there are two movies in one. I mean, it's really two different movies right. cutting back and forth and segueing quite beautifully because there is there is a continuity to everything that's happening. Because you're seeing the disintegration of Michael and, and the rise of Vito and and how different they turned out to be, the son and the father. Yeah, I always uh, I always uh, have an issue when, who was it, is it A&E or AMC or one of them runs the, the Godfather saga, which basically they, they make it run chronologically, which uh, misses the point entirely. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's really, yeah. I, I really don't like that. And I can see the novelty of it. Because you want to see the whole thing in a row. But you, you really lose. I mean, Godfather 2 needs that dichotomy. It needs right. that. It's, a, it's about the juxtaposition of, yeah. of their two lives. And, mm-hmm. and exactly, the two different people that they turned out to be. That's right. So, uh, and then that opening of that, the, the first movie, uh, where everything's happening during the wedding, and you've got the wedding, and then all, this, all the machinations that are going on. In, uh, in the Godfather's office and then the stuff with uh, Johnny Fontaine and that's interspersed with, with Sonny uh, banging up, in the, <laughs> up yeah. in the room, which actually that, that's something that was kind of uh, shoehorned in from the original book. I mean, if you remember the original, I don't know if you've read the book, the I Mario Puzo read book, it, no. but it's, the book is, is a lot more, I don't know, pulpish. It's, uh, it's got a lot of, you know, sort of dime store novel things in there, like the, the size of Sonny's wiener and the, the stuff with Michael getting plastic surgery after getting beaten up by the cop. And, you know, it was just all this stuff that was kind of typical of of novels at the time that I think Coppola and and very uh, appropriately so decided to, you know, more or less strip out of the, the film. And give us something that was vastly more serious. And that's not to disparage Puzo or anything. But, uh, you know, I think if, if, if Coppola had made Puzo's book, the, the Godfather would not have been the Godfather. There, there are some, uh, uh, some movies that are actually better than, than the books that, uh, you know, usually it doesn't work that way. But then the books that, that uh, inspired them or they were based on. Um, my, my favorite example is uh, Silence of the Lambs. The movie was actually better than the book. The book was excellent. But the movie cut out exactly the things from the book that needed to be cut out. Oh, yeah. it, it, and it did it very well. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, it's the uh, Bubble Genius Bob and Chez show. Bob says, But we could talk movies all day. Yeah, we really could. Yeah. And, uh, and we will. I feel like, speaking of which, I feel like Hans Gruber in uh, Die Hard. I, I could talk Italian suits and what is it? I could talk men's suits all day. My favorite Christmas movie. Absolutely. Right there. Die hard. Uh, and, you know, we will talk about more of that sort of thing on the forthcoming after show or the, oh, af- the after party. The UTs. Yeah, the I'm after so good party. at that. We'll be starting that uh, in January. And the, and the news is at this point, I've set up the entire subscription area. So once it actually goes live, uh, I mean, I've, I've arranged all of the content. And, and set up the ordering process and all of that. So what you'll either be able to do is you'll be able to subscribe uh, by the year or by the month. And like with all of these things, it's going to be less expensive if you buy a year subscription or a year membership to the party, to the after party. And, wow, we're giving out VIP cards. I love it. Yeah, and, and, but if you go monthly, then it just, it's going to be a, a monthly rate, and then it will automatically renew at the end of the month, and you can cancel any time and all that happy crappy. But it's going to be a, a really 
uh, it's going to be the same show, but it's going to the content is going to be vastly, <laughs> vastly different. <laughs> For example, I won't be saying things like Sonny Corleone's wiener. <laughs> it, it'll be, uh, it, you know, it'll be uh, much more profane and honest. And and I mean, not that this show isn't honest, but I'm talking about in terms of its uh, of our of our content for the after party. True. Uh, we'll be getting a lot uh, more raw and blue, as it were, <laughs> for the uh, for the after party show. So that's coming up in January. And if you watch the blog, uh, bobsesca.com, obviously, deusxmalcontent.com, you'll be able to, uh, you know, we'll, we'll put up lots and lots of posts and promotions for it. So you, you won't, you won't, you, you'll have to make an effort to avoid it, is what I'm saying. Uh, hmm. Before we dive into uh, some politics, and there's some very serious uh, things that happened uh, this past week, and, and one thing that's not so serious, I want to talk because you know it's it's not often that I get to uh, co-host a show with someone who used to work at CNN. So we got to talk about Larry King. And oh, that's not true. They're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just picking CNN producers we, off of off a tree. We grow on trees. <laughs> yeah. But, I uh, have one uh, really. I have one of those trees out and back, and it's uh, it needs to be pruned really badly. Larry King was in the news this week, so I want to talk to you about Larry King. And I've got some Larry King sound, which is going to be oh, wonderful. Thank God. Quite hilarious. So <laughs> this is new Larry King sound. Plus, I've got some old Larry. Every, t- every time we talk Larry King, I got to wheel out some of my old Larry King tapes. <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking specifically of "Paint Your Bald Spot." Have you Have you heard that one? The "Paint Your Bald Spot" one. Uh, no, I haven't. I mean, oh, I've heard all the ones, uh, all the little sound bites that uh, that Opie and Anthony play, which are hilarious. They've had, they've had entire shows where they've uh, basically dedicated to making fun of the, the ridiculous shit that he says. <laughs> well, this is more of that. My my favorite uh, one is the one where uh, where he was interviewing who the hell was interviewing some woman who was raped, um, oh, no. and she came on and told her story about it, and she was telling this really sort of uh, you know obviously this this heartbreaking story about how. Um, um, uh, she was driving. She's coming back from from getting groceries or something like that. And a guy carjacked her, and he uh, handcuffed her. Uh, you know, ha- handcuffed her to the steering wheel, made her drive someplace, and uh, you know, yeah, then he raped her. And apparently, she during the story at some point she said uh, that she had set the when she got in the car she'd set the groceries the grocery bag on the front seat. So when he got in. You know, all she did was all she said was, you know, he carjacked me, got in the passenger seat and she tells this whole story. She spends like 15 minutes and it's just complete silence. And it, it just you could hear a pin drop because it's it's so like it's it's so thoroughly intense hearing her describe this and being on the verge of tears through the whole thing. And the first question out of the gate that Larry asked when she's done is what happened to the groceries? <laughs> I, I saw that coming down Main Street, but yep. I knew. And, and, oh my and God, the, the look so on her face was like unbelievable. What? What happened to the groceries? What happened uh, to the groceries? <laughs> oh God! I mean, what a horrible dichotomy of <laughs> topics. I mean, you got the the woman just pouring her heart out about this, and then his first question is. What happened Did to the, the groceries? Melt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good lord. Well, we're going to talk about Larry King a little bit more later because it's very, 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 very funny and revealing discussion. Larry King was in the news this week, so we we'll got to talk about that. But, but first, um, you know, I've been kind of out of it, 
and I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. I want to get to politics quickly, but I need to. Uh, I feel like I need to purge this from my system. You know, I've been struggling and, uh, you know, my fiance and I have been trying desperately to find an apartment by the end of the month. And we think we've got one. We went up and saw one this morning and it's fantastic. And we're, I'm just I'm waiting for the call. So if actually the call happens during the show, I'm going to answer the, the call during the show. So we might have wow, to interrupt that. would be interesting. But I've been so distracted. I mean, here's It'll a couple be really of interesting if they tell you no. Yeah, that would be like, oh, God damn it. God damn it. Oh, yeah. Um. So I've been so distracted by this. I've just been doing, and I think we've all been through this. You just start losing your mind. You start doing really stupid things. So My whole life is that. For, for example, the other day, I went dashing out the door uh, of the apartment building, and I get down to the car. I'm going to make this as brief as possible. It's just so dumb. I get down to the car, and I realize, I, I check my my pocket and i go oh my god i have locked myself out i've left the keys to the apartment back up on top of the refrigerator and i'm screwed i'm just gonna have to sit down here until someone comes by and opens the door and so then i I look and i notice that the guy that there are guys at the building who are painting the building and so they've got these really long ladders so i say well and we're on the third story so i ask these guys if they'll prop the ladder up to our balcony, I'm going to shimmy up this ladder, you know, 30 feet in the air, you know, up the side of the building like Spider-Man and climb over the balcony and just come in through the, the screen door, which is, you know, it's not locked. It's a screen door. And so they prop this thing up and they're like, you know, they they're sort it? of, oh, yeah. They it's went for that. In a major wow, violation. My, my of- burglary career just uh, <laughs> well, this is- shot up by leaps and bounds. I, it's the middle of the day. So it's not like I'm there with my ninja suit. So I, so I was able to, to climb up this thing, and they're warning me. And you know why that happened, by the way? Because you're white. Yeah. <laughs> I got away with it because I'm white. Yeah. If you had been a black guy, that shit never would have happened. <laughs> So I do this. I go right up. I mean, I used to have a, a house that was pretty tall, and I used to get up on the ladder and go up on the roof. And so, you know, that's what I did. And, and, and so it was like second nature for me. So I did it, and I get into the apartment, slide the sliding glass door over the, the screen door, come into the – I'm walking across the apartment. I just out of habit, I, I pat my, my front pocket, and, and the keys are in my pocket. The keys to the apartment are in my... I've climbed up the side of the building on a ladder, and I had the keys the whole time. So the Hawaiian guys were right about you, then. You are an idiot. Oh, my God. It is just... Talk about this. That's exactly what I felt like. Anyway. So uh, speaking of stupid, just uh, in the realm of uh, politics, I really want to get your take on this, Chez, because, uh, you know, you have a daughter... And this was uh, maybe the biggest item over the last 24 hours as far as, I don't know, progressive angst about the president. Now, I don't want to spend a whole show going back over this topic because we've talked no, about I'm it. No, I'm not going down there again. But I do want to talk about this thing specifically. And it was this whole uh, controversy about uh, Health and Human Services, Kathleen Sebelius, the secretary there, uh, uh, superseding an FDA decision or blocking an FDA decision to make the Plan B morning after pill available to underage girls 16 and younger. 
And so Sebelius and by proxy the Obama administration uh, blocked this move by the FDA to say, you know what, it's safe for, peop- for, for girls. It's safe for little girls to have this. I say little girl. I don't mean little, little girls. I mean gr- girls who are capable of getting pregnant, which I guess would be, yeah, I don't know, 11-ish plus. Now, the, the thing is that uh, the Plan B morning after pill, first of all, it's not an abortion bill. It's actually a contraception. It actually prevents the, the sperm from fertilizing the egg. It doesn't kill the fertilized egg or destroy that egg, whatever you want to call it. It just blocks that from happening in the first place. But it's ha- it ha- you take it for 70 you can it's a- effective for 72 hours after having sex. So and you can get this pill without a prescription from age 17 and older. So you can get it over the counter without any doctor permission in any pharmacy that carries it. Uh, if you're 17 years and older, provided uh, there is not a Christian pharmacist working behind the counter. <laughs> that's right. But if you're 16 and younger, you cannot get it over the counter. You need a prescription, except in 10 states where you don't need a prescription. And in some cases, the the pharmacist will actually write a prescription for you if you need it. Now, I thought this was a bad move. I understand why they did it. I understand because of the political optics of it. They're going into an election year. They don't want, you know, Republicans just, you know, sidelining the debate. By saying, you know, here's the Obama administration making it legal for, you know, 12-year-olds to get abortions, which is what the Republicans would say. But the Republicans are already saying shit like that anyway, uh, first of all. Second of all, it looks bad. It looks like the Obama administration, which, you know, we supported because, you know, they're, they wanted to make science important and politics less important in those sorts of decisions. And so what they've done is they've actually made poli- – tr- politics has trumped science in this case because the science is that it's harmless or, you know, as harmless as a prescription or as a, as, as, as a drug can be uh, for, uh, for the ages that we're talking about here. Uh, the only issue I really have is, of course, you know, you get a lot of people who are saying, eh, just like Bush, you know, he's trumping science with politics and or you know he's uh is it's the republican war against women and then now the democrats are joining them uh, horse shit yeah but you're not you're not talking about women you're talking about little girls you're talking, talking about little girls well not little by today's culture i get it but girls right and so there is a difference exactly well the, i mean the problem that i also and have, by the way i would say that even if bush were still president i mean that when I first heard about this, I, I I understand logically the thinking behind making sure that someone who's under the age of sixteen can have access to this. I, I understand that, and I don't accept the uh, the sort of puritanical argument um, against giving uh, uh, younger girls the morning after pill that says, well, you know, by doing that, you're giving tacit permission for them to have sex, which is horseshit. They're going to have sex anyway, um, but. But admittedly, when I first heard it, I did, you know, it did. Yeah, look, I am a father. It did leave a bad taste in my mouth. The idea of letting uh, a kid have access to um, to a pill like that. Yeah. But but once again, that that I admit that that is emotion trumping logic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's true that, you know, kids uh, under the age of I don't know what it is, 18 can't go in and buy Robitussin anymore. You just can't do it. In some states, you cannot buy 
certain kinds of uh, of cough medicine. Maybe it's Nyquil. Uh, one of the one of the cough you can't get it. You can you can use uh, you can use uh, certain cough medicines to make meth. Yeah, and you can't go into. Uh, and dextromethorphan in large doses is kick ass. <laughs> and you know this from experience. Jesus, are you kidding me? <laughs> Look who you're talking to. Uh, but, you know, I, in fact, my brother, uh, who's just uh, four years younger than me, was carded this week uh, trying to buy spray paint at Home Depot. Yeah. No, so, it's, it's, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's, that's um, the desire to stop crime or to protect a society gone mad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, no, nothing annoys me. You know, this is for a long time before I had the, you know, when I had the, the tumors, this, this kind of goes to that argument. Um, when I had the tumor in my head before I, I got it taken out, I had a really, really massive sinus problem and I needed sinus surgery really, really badly. Now, granted, when they went in and, and got the tumor out, they also fixed my sinuses. So I don't have that much of an issue anymore. But for a long time, I was addicted like a lot of people are to Afrin. And, you know, and that was the only thing that would allow me to breathe. Afrin is, uh, Afrin is basically, or has been for a long time, um, was, I can't believe that I can't remember the name. I'm pulling Rick Perry. I can't remember the name of the freaking, uh, um, uh, chemical in it, but, but it was taken out by a lot of, uh, by a lot of, of, um, uh, companies and replaced with phenylephrine, which isn't as bad for you. And it's, oh, it's, uh, it's pseudoephrine, pardon me. Um, which is the stuff that, by the way, is in a lot of cough, uh, a lot of cough medication, and a lot of stuff people use to make meth, and that's one of the reasons why they removed it. Um, but they replaced it with something called phenylephrine, if I, I pronounce that correctly. And the problem is, it doesn't work. And I remember for a while, I was really angry about the idea that, like, look, if I've got a really bad cold, and I go in and I want uh, cold medication, whether it be nose drops or, or um, you know, uh, Sudafed or something like that. And I want pseudoephedrine because that stuff actually works against my cold. And now I can't, you're telling me that I can't buy it. Mm. And if I can buy it, I don't know if you've been to, like you said about the pain, if you've been to a drugstore lately and tried to buy something with pseudoephedrine, it's like you have to to get that, you have to take a card up to uh, the guy in the back and hand it to him and then, you know, go through a retina scanner and have Jack Bauer standing next to you with a gun pointed at the guy saying, give me the code. <laughs> you know, otherwise you don't get this. God. And that's that's the law basically protecting us from ourselves. Are the crystal meth people ruining it for everybody, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's responding to people who break the law and basically letting them set the rules for us. Yeah. It's uh, it is it's a pain in the ass. I mean, there are a lot of things that you just can't get. That's I mean, that's a major one. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can't do because you know the terrorists ruined it for us. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, you know, it's a, but we're talking about pregnancy. We're talking about preventing, you know, teen pregnancy, which is a lot different than and a lot more serious, in my opinion, than than preventing teen huffing. You know, huffing of spray paint or, you know, and certainly you want to combat, uh, you want to combat, you know what, this is not, this is my dad calling. This is not. Uh, oh, okay. that's what I was going to say. Is that the magic phone call? No, I, but I do need to, God, I need to call him back. It's been like 24 hours since he called last. But anyway, uh, so this is a lot more serious because we're talking about uh, reproductive health. Uh, but at the same time. You know, we just we can't be everything is hyperbole anymore. The the entire left wing went batshit this week. I mean, it was you realize that you just said everything is hyperbole. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything is hyperbole. I did that intentionally, is what mm. I will say now. Uh, but, I mean, you know, whatever comes down from the White House is now, holy shit, this guy is evil incarnate. He's, he's, he's meaning to betray us. He's meaning to uh, destroy America, depending on which, you know, website you're looking at. Uh, he's, he's joining the Republican war against women. Well, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't buy any of that. This administration has been extraordinarily good for women and women's issues. I mean, just in the health care, I'm looking at, uh, at healthcare.gov, the official website for, uh, for uh, the uh, Affordable Care Act. And this is the story of uh, this uh, news item here uh, kind of details all of the things that the Affordable Care Act does for women and reproductive services, preventative services. It says, I'm just going to read a part of it here, just to sort of to sum up what has been going on. And we're talking about major advances in helping women get the uh, health care they need. Before health reform, too many Americans didn't get the preventative health care they need to stay healthy, avoid or delay the onset of disease, lead productive lives, and reduce health care costs. Often because of cost, Americans use preventative services at about half the recommended rate. In other words, if you get preventative service, you don't get sick as often because you're maintaining your body. It's like getting your oil changed rather than waiting till your car dies on the side of the highway. Yet chronic diseases, which are responsible for 7 of 10 deaths among Americans each year and account for 75% of the nation's health spending, are often preventable. Cost-sharing, including co-payments, co-insurance, and deductibles, reduces the likelihood that preventative services will be used. Especially concerning, concerning for women, are studies showing that even moderate co-pays for preventative services, such as mammograms or pap smears, deter patients from receiving services. The Affordable Care Act this is the health care reform bill. The president signed the health insurance reform legislation passed by Congress, signed into law by the president on March 23, 2010, helps make preventative affordable and uh, accessible for all Americans by requiring health plans to cover recommended preventative services without cost sharing. Under the Affordable Care Act, women's preventive health care services, such as mammograms, screening for cervical, cervical cancer, and other services, are already covered with no cost sharing for new health plans. The Affordable Care Act also made uh, recommended preventive services free for people on Medicare. However, the law recognizes and HHS understands the need to take into account the unique health needs of women throughout their lifespan. Uh, in addition to that, we have uh, uh, this other uh, uh, change in the law. Yesterday, the Department of Health and Human Services required all new health insurance plans to cover birth control for women, annual well-woman exams, breastfeeding tools, and a range of other services without co-pays, without co-insurance, or without a deductible as part of the Affordable Care Act. This was just back in August. This was an update to the Affordable Care Act. The guidelines, which were developed by the Nonpartisan Institute of Medicine, are major because they expand the definition of women's preventative care and reduce out-of-pocket costs for essential health care. So we are talking about an administration that has not been slouchy when it comes to women's issues. Add on top of that, Lily Ledbetter, fair pay. Add on top of that, the Council on Women and Girls in the White House, the very first time that's ever existed. Of course, the Republicans would call that a czar, but it's, it's legitimate. So, yes, they screwed this one up with the plan B. They shouldn't have done it. 
And you know what? Guess what? They're going to do it after the election. They're just going to – Kathleen Sebelius is going to step out of the way. She's probably going to resign, in fact, because a lot of cabinet members do at the end of the first term. So whoever's next or whether it's her or whoever's after her, they're, they're going to let it go. They're going to let the FDA ruling allowing it to happen go through. You say, well, what about in this interim period of time before they do, how many people, how many teens will end up getting pregnant as a result of not having plan B? Well, then there's also another solution, which is getting a prescription before sex is had. But, you know, that's all, it's all you know, when you're a teen, Chaz, you just don't think about that sort of thing. So, oh, you know, I'm going to have sex next week, so I better go get a prescription. Just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what the... Uh what the statistics are and what kind of an impact it would be like how many pregnancies or even sort of statistically, you know, sort of a percentage of how many pregnancies something like that would prevent. I'm, you know, I've seen the girls on teen mom on MTV and I just can't imagine that, that those freaking idiots would have the presence of mind even the morning after to go get, you know, I better go get me one of them pills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of course that's the responsible thing to do. And we like to think we all live in a perfect world where, uh, where no, no, bo- no. boys I, and I, girls, I walk teens... I've walked outside the door on more than one occasion. I know we don't live in a perfect world. <laughs> like I said, I watch MTV Teen Mom. Oh, God. That, you know what? That, it's pregnant. Not, yeah, anthropologists of the future are just going to devour shit like that. I mean, the image yeah. that the anthropologists of the future are going to get of, of America in the 21st century based upon reality programming is just yeah. going to be so grim. You know what's going to happen? At some point, an alien race is going to come down here in their spaceship, and they're going to need us to save them from, like, uh, uh, to come up and, and fix their pregnant women. And they're going to, like the, like the cast of Galaxy Quest, they're going to refer to uh, 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom as historical documents. <laughs> right. We saw that you figured out how to deal with your pregnancy problem. <laughs> sure. Please come take care of ours. We yeah. have seen the historical documents. <laughs> God, I love that. Movie. I've now referenced two movies with Alan Rickman. Oh my like god, yeah. Minutes. Yeah, that's right. Even though I screwed up the John Phillips line earlier. Yeah, the Alan uh the Alan Die Hard, of course my uh my favorite Christmas movie. Uh you know what? I I don't want to say it's my favorite. My favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh god, really? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? It, it I'll tell you why. It it's because of the recession. I used to th- I used to like it and it was fun. It was a campy thing that you know you'd watch at Christmas time, and then uh, and then the recession, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Now I get it. I get what this th- I get what this thing is all about. I was going to start this earlier, but uh, somehow my buttons went all haywire. Blew a gasket. So uh, so yeah, as far as the the Plan B thing goes. Stop freaking out. Stop wishing that, you know, the Obama administration wants to uh, join the Republicans in their war against women. I, you know what? I Actually, I think I, I'm going to stop this music right now. You know what I think a lot of people did is they saw that story and didn't realize that it was about uh, underage girls and thought it was just the Obama administration has blocked over the counter sales of Plan B. I, I, once again, I think that's the position I was trying to take. Yeah. Which is, I'm not saying that logically it makes any sense to do it, um, because yeah, look, <laughs> kids under the age of 16 have sex. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Um, 
but I but I understand the sort of ick factor and the we want to think about this a little bit more before we we 100 percent go all in with this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do understand it. You know, I mean, I'm, and once again, I'm you know, it's emotion trumping logic. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the, the problem is that, uh, you know, we've got. Uh, you know, FDA science that says it's okay, and then you know <laughs> someone's saying no, we no, we're not sure yet, and when it's clearly politics, and that, that's it gets kind of annoying. But again, you know, at the same time, political reality, you gotta you gotta acknowledge that a little bit. That's it. Even that's it exactly. There's yeah. a reason they call it politics. I love it when people say that. Oh, you know what? It's politics over this, or it's just po- that's what politics is. Politics is compromise. It's it's give and take. I mean, granted, it's been reduced to crap in this country, but the idea of politics is that that look, it's it it's a give and take. It's an argument. It's a back and forth. Things are going to happen that you don't like. You give something, you get something else. Hopefully, down the road. Yeah, you know what? You're right. You're exactly right. We've forgotten that 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 there's nothing inherently wrong with politics. Well, there is now, but there's nothing inherently wrong with the idea, the concept of politics. I wonder how many people who were complaining about it even knew that this was an issue that was coming up. I mean, it's just like it's like we're searching for something to be outraged about. It was like what we talked about last week. Wants exactly what they want, and they want it right now. Everybody's a a fucking petulant child now. Oh god, it's, it's so frustrating. Okay, on with the show. Today's show brought to you as it always is by. I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. It's brought to you by Bubble Genius. You know that at www.bubblegenius.com. I uh, got an important announcement about uh, Bubble Genius. you got to get your order in, your Christmas orders in, by uh, Friday. Any orders that come into Bubble Genius after Friday, uh, midnight Pacific Standard Time Friday, uh, won't be shipped out until after the holidays. So if you're going to order your crap, which you ought to do because you need to support liberal, independent businesses. The best uh, bath and body products you can possibly find anywhere uh, at Bubble Genius. You want to do it this week. Time's running short. Only 16, <laughs> 16 days left. I haven't even acknowledged yeah, what are, you, are you fucking like Connell Cochran from uh, Halloween 3 or something? You've got like one for every day, the six more days till Halloween card That's or something? 16 days left. 16 days for Christmas shopping, 16 days to fill the stocking, 16 days for Christmas shopping, only got 16 more. 16. Only got 16 more. Hi there. It's almost How time, Christmas. Kids. Have you done your <laughs> shopping? Big giveaway. You're so shamrock mad. <laughs> you better get busy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The Hall- What was that, Halloween 4? Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Great idea, terribly done. I know. Have anyway. a happy Halloween, 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 Silver, Shamrock, yeah, I remember. So that was one of the best ideas, totally poorly executed. <laughs> yeah, they were running out of ideas at that point, and they just... Uh... They just came up with the the, the the what was it, the Halloween masks that they would have. Yeah, to wear. when I was a kid, I actually read the before I saw the movie. I actually read the novelization for that. I, it wasn't like something I was excited about. I just I don't know. I, I was like in the eighth grade, and I loved it. I loved the idea. <laughs> the the movie was just crap. <laughs> was the novel uh, better than the movie? It was. It was. Once again, we're back to that. We're doing a callback now. Yeah. Um, it was. It was. Um, it, it just you know it was. Uh, once again, I thought it was a really really cool idea. It just was horribly bad. 
What well, have we done? Here's, here's the, uh, the Bubble Genius commercial without any further ado. Wow, great party. Thanks. Hey, uh, where's, where's the bathroom? Down the hall, second door on the left. What's the matter? You've got some fucked up shit going on in your bathroom. Are Billy Kelly having sex in there again? I told him to use the bedroom. No, man. There's some glowy baby. Oh, that's my glow with God baby Jesus soap on a rope from Bubble Genius. It smells like baby powder. Dude, it was speaking to me with angels singing. Uh-huh. You had one of those brownies in the kitchen, didn't you? Cleanliness is next to godliness at Bubble Genius. BubbleGenius.com Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. Enter your promo code Bob and Chez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, and get 15% off your entire order from Bubble Genius. And they are... I, I got to tell you, they're for real. That, that is a, it's, Bubble Genius is a real place, and they make really good stuff. I will soon find out. Uh, Paula, Paula says that she wants to entertain me while I'm out in L.A. And, and by that, I don't mean like entertain me in a Xavier Hollander kind of way. <laughs> I, was th- I was instantly going there. Right. Oh, God. Yeah. And would you like, I walk in. She's like got a bathrobe on. Would you like some soap? I dare anyone to find a sponsor for their podcast in which the sponsor actually uses the F word in the commercial. It never happens. Except with Bubble Genius. That's why they're so, they're so goddamn cool. Uh, but anyway, so there was, uh, there was something. It was actually a very serious uh, event uh, today. There was another shooting at Virginia Tech. I don't know if you saw this, but they, uh, it was a, some white guy opened fire, killed, I believe, a, a police officer and, uh, and one, one other person. Why did and, you say white out of curiosity? What's that? Why did you say white out of curiosity? Because it was, it's in the Huffington Post article that I'm looking at right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. It That's says, interesting. Uh, Why would they say that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, an that odd, is, you know, I mean, you, you wouldn't say some black guy. Yeah, the suspect is described as a white male. That's what I was reading. Wearing gray oh, okay. sweatpants. I got, no, gray I got you. I've yeah, done they're that. just That's... describing what the guy looked like because there's no, there's no, uh, there's no art or video of of the incident. So, and I, w- a little from... bit of inside baseball, by the way. There actually is sort of a, a an unwritten rule in a lot of newsrooms that when you are describing a suspect. Um, unless you have something other than just, uh, let's say, color of their skin and height, uh, you don't go with it, especially if that person happens to be black or brown, because you don't want to be accused of being racist. So you don't just say, to, you know, the suspect is a black guy, five foot uh, eight, uh, black T-shirt. Yeah. You know, I have this thing. Because uh... you've just described, you know, police are currently on the lookout for everyone. Right. And, and along those lines, I have this thing that I always talk about, which is uh, just a, a compare and contrast that if I, you know, if I'm walking down a street and coming towards me are two guys, uh, one guy is a uh, is a, a black guy, uh, maybe wearing a, a, a basketball shirt and baggy pants and a, a baseball cap. And the other guy is a white guy on a Blackberry with a briefcase. 
in a uh, expensive Armani suit. The guy I'm avoiding the most is the white guy in the expensive Armani suit because you know what? He's silently killing us. <laughs> That's what he's doing. The likelihood that that Unless, guy... Unless, of course, he's Patrick Bateman, in which case he's going to take out a pen knife and gouge your eye out. <laughs> right, or an ice pick. Right. And, uh, but but it's, it's often, it's these white guys, and I don't need to tell anyone in the Occupy Wall Street encampments that it's these white guys on Wall Street or in these corporations dumping PCBs into the ocean or polluting the air or... Uh, you know, selling uh, selling us cars that will blow up. Uh, th- these are guys that we ought to be fearing, and who are actively choking us to death. And so, th- yes, but those you can generally guys- walk past them on a street and be reasonably assured that they're not going to stick a pipe full of PCBs, you know, in your ass <laughs> hey, at that you, moment. Hey, you never know. Yeah, you never know. No, it's possible. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm I'm speaking, of course, in an extreme sort of example. I'm not. I'm speaking more in terms of uh, metaphor than literal, like, oh, this, guy's go- <laughs> this guy is going to uh, uh, pollute your skin with, you know, uh, <laughs> exactly. white phosphorus. Honey, we better- you know. Hold on to your purse and we better cross the street. <laughs> that guy's going to pollute us. But anyway, I mean, here's the story. A police officer and one other person were killed on the, Vir- uh, the Virginia Tech campus on Thursday, according to university officials. The incident took place on the same campus where the deadliest shootings on mod- in modern U.S. history occurred back in 2007. In a statement posted on its website, the school reported that shortly after noon, a Virginia Tech police officer made a traffic stop. The officer was then shot and killed, according to witnesses. During a press conference Thursday afternoon, authorities said the gunman uh, was not believed to have been involved in the traffic stop. The shooter fled on foot toward another parking lot hmm. where a second body was later recovered. Press conference. So it's not necessarily someone plotting in cold blood. This seems like more a guy's pissed off and trying to escape the law because he was maybe Probably. doing something wrong. That's what it sounds like, at least. I mean, of course, yeah, this is all speculation because we're recording this show on Thursday afternoon. We don't know what, what the hell's going on. But, you know, I, I always go back to... Uh, but you got a dead cop. You know, exactly. And, you know, I wonder, too, whenever one of these stories happen, where these guys get get their guns. Did did they slip through the background check process, which is happening a lot, uh, where states aren't reporting mental health statistics and information, uh, where uh, mental health facilities aren't reporting, I should say, to the state. And so guys with, you know, records of uh, schizophrenia and all sorts of red flags aren't getting caught up in the... uh, in the background check system or are they buying their guns uh, at gun shows? We don't, we just don't know. There's still just a lot of guys slipping through the cracks. And, uh, and you know, that was the case with the first Virginia tech shooting. We had a guy who was clearly mentally unstable, was diagnosed as such, but was still able to get his hands on a firearm. And then you have stories like this out of, out of Arizona. This is what we're teaching our children. Oh, I know where you're going with this. The Scottsdale Gun Club in Arizona is offering a twist on the annual photo with Santa by allowing rifle-wielding families to pose along Saint, alongside St. Nick. On their website, the shooting range advertises the event with a catchy tagline. Quote, get your holiday picture with Santa and his machine guns. Both adults and kids hey, are... You know- <laughs> You never know who God. his sleigh is going to come across. He's got to have some kind of air defenses. 
chances are he has countermeasures. Like, you know, like you see in, you know, Modern Warfare 3, they come out the back. He's got a tail when gunner. He knows he's been, when he knows he's been locked on by, uh, by a surface air missile. <laughs> That's right. He's got, a, uh, he's, an, he's got an elf in the nose cone. A, a machine exactly. gun, right? Well, both adults and kids, it says, are welcome to choose from a variety of armaments. When I first read this, I, I read it as ornaments, but it's armaments. All uh, the better. A variety of armaments, from pistols to modified AR-15s before sitting on Santa's How are they modified? Modified. modified. I guess sawed off? What? How do you modify an AR-15? Is it spray-painted a Christmassy color? Does it mm. have t- tinsel hanging off the end of it? I don't know. But, I mean, here we got Santa Claus posing with kids and AR-15 assault rifles. And that kind of caught my eye. It was just AR-15s. I've seen that in the news. For example, uh, an anti-tax libertarian guy showed up at a rally for President Obama brandishing an AR-15 back in 2009. The only thing modified I could think of is that it's modified for full auto. That could be. Isn't it? I don't know. Is it fully automatic? I don't believe so. It could be. Maybe it's uh, semi-automatic. Well, it's an assault rifle. Is it an assault rifle? It is an assault rifle, yeah. I feel bad for not knowing this. I I actually do know quite a bit about guns. My dad was a Navy SEAL and a cop for a long time, so I grew up with quite a few of them. I mean, I'm not sure exactly the the mechanics of the AR-15. I just know what it can do. Uh, the same uh, AR-15 assault rifle was uh, was also the weapon of choice in the murder of an eight-year-old St. Petersburg girl in 2009. Shooters were sentenced last week for firing 50 rounds in the girl's house. One of the rounds killed the girl. Uh, 12 AR-15 rifles stolen from a gun shop near Chicago. These things just float away. They're not, they're certainly not in the hands of hunters and sportsmen. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, as far as I know, and, and believe me, I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong about this. The AR-15 is the, is the semi-auto version of the M16. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, see, what's, I think. What, what's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're right about that, uh, but... It's I, could, so, I could just Google it, I guess, but I'm not going to. It, but it's so visually different in terms of the, the AR-15 is a gnarly-looking assault rifle. I mean, it looks, like right. some, it looks like something out of Starship Troopers or something. It's like this ornate – it's got, like, lots of handles and, and things stuck. I, <laughs> here's me. I, I've never actually held an assault rifle, so I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But it's got lots of crap stuck on there. It just looks like something out of, like, it's going to transform into a robot or something. Well, chances are you're lo- you're looking at one that's got a sight on it and probably, probably yeah. a grenade launcher or something like that. Yeah, probably does really like laser scoping and all that crap stuck on the side of it. Uh, in Oklahoma last week, a 19-year-old Hector, uh, Hector Escalante was sentenced to life in prison for shooting a police officer, Katie Lawson, in the face, legs, and body. Escalante boasted in court, I shot a cop with an AR-15. Hmm. Just Lovely. like just like Santa Claus's AR-15. Of course. So, uh, you know. You've really never fired? Have you never fired a gun? I, I've, I've fired lots of guns, but never an assault rifle. Uh, you know what? The really? most recent gun I fired was actually a replica of a, of, of a 1862 um, rifled musket, Springfield rifled musket. And I actually f- fired it with a live round. I mean, it was a, there was an actual lead mini ball loaded in that thing. And I fired there's it, a uh, um, yeah. there's a uh, like everything else in Vegas, you know, you can get anything there. There's a gun shop in Vegas. I think it's on Tropicana 
um, where they'll let you fire uh, full auto. I mean, I'm sure there, my God, there are places all over the the place, but I happen to go to the one in uh, in Vegas. And look, you know, I mean, I fired full auto before. Like I said, my dad, you know, my dad's an ex cop, um, and it's there's something cool about it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's a reason that uh, that guys kind of get into guns. I, I'm the first one. I understand it. There's a very serious feeling of power there, and it's a blast. Well, there's a there's a there's kind of a guy thing where you get a, a sense of dest- like you can just destroy. You can just oh, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and guys love that. I don't give a crap what anybody says. Yeah, um, you know, just like to tear unless shit down, you're right? uh, unless you're one of those uh, you know unless you're a pussy. Quite frankly, um, <laughs> you know, unless you're David Sirota. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm. I'm, I just called David Sirota a pussy. I suck. <laughs> I'm just trying to wander right past it, man, because I've been getting dick I just the nastiest emails from guys on, on my left, which I didn't even know there was that, that, that side of the uh, political spectrum even existed. People to my left. It was a remarkable a discovery over the last couple of years. But, uh, but yeah, regardless, I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I, I've got a, a nuanced position on gun ownership. I think certain guns should be legal with massive regulations. Uh, and certainly there's, there's some merit to, to hunting. I would never hunt or kill anything myself with a gun uh, or with any other weapon for that matter. But, you know, I know there's some people, and, I, you know, it's important, obviously, for police officers that, to, police officers that have firearms and, and, and certain kinds of firearms for hunters and sportsmen and all that crap, which I, I, don't, I don't fully understand, but okay. But uh, and that's what the Constitution says. I mean, the word "regulated" is right there in the Second Amendment. Uh, Amendment. Right. And if you if if you're and the majority of the American people think that there should be either the same regulations we have now or tighter regulations. I think we're talking about eighty percent of the American people think that gun regulations should be the same as they are now or tighter. Uh, and only just a, a small fraction think we should have no regulations at all. It's just absurd. That's the NRA position. Right. Well, you know, after, it's funny because after the last – this will kind of go off on a tangent, but it is related. After the last uh, Virginia Tech shooting, uh, you know, one of the, the – pat my, not pat myself on the back, but one of the pieces that I'm most proud of that I've ever done for the blog um, and for Huffington was something I wrote about one of the victims um, – of the Virginia Tech shooting, uh, you know, I just I happen, I was still working at CNN at the time, and I kind of uh, was caught up in in the sort of emotion of trying to report the story and 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 at the same time detaching from it because that's what you do um, whenever you're involved in any kind of news story like that. Um, so I happened to go looking for um, information on some of the victims, and one I found at the time it was the one that least was no uh, the least was known about, and that was a girl named Max Turner. So I wrote this whole piece on her. Um, and so I felt by writing that piece, I, I felt very sort of, I don't say close to, but I felt sort of wrapped up in the, in the Virginia Tech shooting. And it had a real serious effect on me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that made me the angriest was uh, one month later, one of the things that made me angriest about the, the, you know, the story in the aftermath was uh, one month later, um, a group calling itself the, which calls itself the Virginia Citizens Defense League, held this big ass gun giveaway, right in the middle of you know, basically right where the shoot, essentially right where the shooting happened, you know, very very close by, and they did the whole you know you've heard it a thousand times before. If there were more guns, not fewer, uh, none of this would have happened, and somebody could have yeah. taken the guy out. And and I wrote this piece, and I basically. 
the argument that I made was there's nothing wrong with gun ownership. There's nothing wrong with people who say, I like to hunt. I like to uh, shoot for sport. Uh, I got no issue with that. The problem is the issue that I have is with gun worship. And growing up in a household with, with a cop, you know, my father taught me an incredible respect for, for weapons at a very young age. And, I mean, he was, oh, my God, he was a stickler. He was, you know, he would hand me, when I was a kid, he would hand me his, his, uh, his handgun. Uh, and he would say, he's like, check it. And I'd be like, but you just checked it. You say, check it again. It doesn't matter. Don't ever point it at anybody. You know, you have an, you have an absolute respect for this weapon. You don't flaunt it. You don't show it off. You don't let it become you. You don't, it's not part of your manhood. It's a tool. And that's what it's there for. And I wrote this piece about this, uh, about these people who had this gun giveaway. And I actually got written back to by one of them, by one of the guys from the Virginia Citizens Defense League. But the argument that I made was that basically clowns like that, people who think that way, who, who, who don't just speak up for gun rights, but who are who, who care so little about the effect that guns have that they just flaunt them and it's got to be a part of themselves and they got to walk around, you know, some fat redneck asshole who's got to walk around, feels that he's got to walk around with a, you know, a sidearm on his hip. Um, and that he's a bigger man because of it. People like that shouldn't be allowed to own guns. That's they right. will, you know, and I'm not, I don't want to stand in their way, but from a sort of, you know, moral and ethical perspective, some asshole who thinks that way should never be able to get near a gun. That is the last person you want owning a gun is somebody who thinks that way about weaponry. Yeah. And, and unfortunately that's what, you know, those are the people in the NRA now. Those are the ones who push against very, very sensible gun laws and very sensible gun restrictions. The kind of people who will flaunt in the faces of victims, the, well, er, don't care, don't give a crap, you know, you can have my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. Those people are, are you know, it's scary to think that they are the gun lobby because they are actually, the irony is, they are the people who you would never in a million years want having a gun mm-hmm. because they're going to hurt somebody or hurt themselves with it. Now, these are the same guys who, who just wave the flag of the Second Amendment and say, God damn right, we, we should be able to own guns. These are the same guys who, as soon as there's some sniff of a, a Muslim in the airport, they're just like, fuck the Constitution. You can't have a Constitution if you're dead. Exactly. Oh, exactly. You know. that's, the, that's the hypocrisy that, that almost isn't even worth, you know, you have to point it out, but it almost isn't worth pointing out because it's so, it makes its own gravy. It's yeah. so laughable. That it's almost like you feel you feel like you don't have to to point that out, and yet, like I said, you kind of do. You kind of do and should. Yeah. So well, exactly. They'll they'll always throw away the parts of the Constitution they don't like, and they will they will raise that freaking hand cannon to the to the ceiling and fire away to defend you know the crap that that they do like the stuff in the Constitution they think is uh, infallible when it you know the stuff that's infallible when it's not being fallible. <laughs> Yeah. And and you find that most of them haven't even read the Second Amendment. To no, find of that course it not. Has to do most with of them a, can't fucking read. Has to do with a well regulated militia. Doesn't have to do with, you know, local yokel Clem down the street having a AR fifteen at his disposal. Right, but that's the debate that's that's gone back and forth for God knows how long. That's why half of these insane white supremacists call themselves militias. You still have the word regulated in there. And you can't deny, you can't say, oh, you can't, oh, I didn't see that. 
It's not in there. It's, well, it's right there. It's, it's there in print. And, you know, you, the other thing that, that frustrated me about the Virginia Tech massacre there was that, uh, and this is a whole other thing. I don't want to get into a whole rant about how movies are always tied to these things. But uh, you remember how, they, how they, they found a picture of the shooter, and he was posed like that character from that Japanese movie, Old Boy. And so it became a big issue about the movie causing this. And we entirely neglected the mental health factor in the original Virginia Tech massacre because it became all about Hollywood. Oh, yeah, we got to yeah, wag you, our finger. You, at, you find the thing that tangentially might have caused it instead of going to the thing that actually did. It's amazing how we do that. Yeah. Where it's, it's stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. And, you, you know, you don't have someone reacting to a song lyric or a movie they've seen without serious mental health underlying uh, mental health issues underlying uh, and motivating the uh, manifestation of those influences into a real event like a a massacre that killed 32 people Virginia right State. that's it exactly if you're you know if you're okay in the head then no amount of playing grand theft auto or listening to eminem in the world is going to make you shoot somebody in the face right so but there you go. I mean, another... Although, I don't know. I played uh, Grand Theft Auto once for like 18 hours straight, and I went downstairs. Uh, I lived in New York at the time, and I really thought about jacking a car to get downtown. <laughs> right. right. You submerge yourself in that long enough, and whoo, man. That always happens. You play a video game for long enough, and in all seriousness, you, you put it down, and you kind of feel like, like there's still like the video game is still in your head. After you play Tetris for about 12 hours straight... You wait for giant blocks to fall on you? No, you go into the bathroom, man, and you're putting those floor, the bathroom tiles together like Tetris blocks. <laughs> I can assure you that I'm not the only one to be putting uh, bathroom tiles together like Tetris blocks. My, my story about that actually takes that to an extreme, cause, uh, as, as you would probably expect, because uh, me and a friend back in like the late 90s played doom uh-huh. for like four days straight and then we dropped acid oh god and we went out for a drive at one point and we uh we parked my car in a parking garage in downtown la and uh and while we were looking for the car all we could all, like you said things jumping out all we could think about was all right one of the giant imps is going to come from around the corner and attack us <laughs> you know i remember about doom doom actually made me nauseous and it wasn't so much the first-person shooter point of view. It was the noise. As you're, you're gliding smoothly down these hallways, these brick-dark hallways. First of all, you don't have the peripheral vision. Second of all, it's... And this was, a, again, you're talking about 4 by 3 television aspect ratio at that point. And then, on top of that, you had this sound. It was like this drone sound. It was like, brrrr, going yeah. on the whole time as you're going through these caverns and shooting things waiting for things to pop out and i actually got like no i got sick like like vomity like i wanted to like hurl all over my nintendo 64 Man, if you play any of the new doom games or uh like i think doom 3 was the last one or dead space and dead space 2 and you put like i have like bose headphones that i wear so i can play them that's terrifying i mean they they yeah. this crap they put in the soundtrack now there's like whispers and like things skittering all around you it's great <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, a, a fun game and and a frightening game were the, uh, the God. I'm dating myself. I'm talking about video games. Are like 30 years old. Resident, e- you know, Resident Evil 
Resident Evil was great. Scared the piss out of me. Yeah, Resident Evil was was really good. But anyway, uh, the show is brought to you by Bubble Genius, BubbleGenius.com. Get all your Christmas shopping done before Friday, or else you're not going to get you're not going to be able to uh, buy the best uh, best damn bath and body soap products in the world for all your friends and family. So you want to do it now? Go now to BubbleGenius.com and uh, and buy all your stuff. And after the the commercial, we'll have a very special promo code for you, in which you can get fifteen percent off from Bubble Genius. Wow, great party! Thanks. Hey, uh, where's where's the bathroom? Down the hall, second door on the left. Jesus Christ! Yes. Oh my God! What's the matter? You got some fucked up shit going on in your bathroom. Are Billy Kelly having sex in there again? I told him to use the bedroom. No, man. There's some glowy baby. Oh, that's my glow with God baby Jesus soap on a rope from Bubble Genius. It smells like baby powder. Dude, it was speaking to me with angels singing. Uh-huh. You had one of those brownies in the kitchen, didn't you? Cleanliness is next to godliness at Bubble Genius. The Bubble Genius Bob and Chez Show. That is what it's called. Enter Bob and Chez, B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z, and get 15% off your entire order from Bubble Genius. It's your Christmas shopping headquarters. Because there's only 16 days left to shop for Christmas. You, know, you only it. got like just under 24 hours, or just over 24 hours left to shop from, from uh, Bubble Genius. So It's even less than that. It's even less than 16 days. Uh, so, uh, Larry King did a, uh, <laughs> I've been, I, you know, what? thanks I, everybody. Good night. I, I know the, the gun stuff is serious. Plan B stuff was serious. I have been looking forward to talking about this Larry King <laughs> bit for days now. Larry King had, did a special on CNN called a dinner with the Kings. Did you see this? I did not. No, it was, uh, it was Larry and his 10th wife, I'm not sure how many wives are in there. His 10th wife, Sean. Hey, you, can't say, you can't say that to me. <laughs> I'm three down. I'm Ben Folds. You've been married three times? Yeah, you didn't know that? No, I thought it was once. Are you kidding me? I you really we... don't know. You, uh, I'm so ashamed. You don't read me. Oh, God. See, I always thought, I'm I, so sad. I thought it was the one wife. I thought we were both in the, uh, the, the one wife, uh, the one divorce club. I wrote an entire book about one of my marriages. Are you oh, kidding yeah, me? Yeah. Dead Star Twilight, by the way, available at Amazon. Please buy. Yeah. Please, you buy. So how, how did I miss the part about all your wives? I had no idea. Yeah. I had no I'm, idea. I'm, you were I'm well on my, Well, uh, you know what? I'm happy to say that I'm stopping at three. Thanks very much. So you've been married three times. Larry's been married to, uh, let's see, Frida, Annette, Aline, Mickey, Aline, Sharon, Julie, and Sean. Annette, the Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs> yeah, I guess Kobe. it was uh, it was Aline twice. Right. He got he was married to uh, Aline Atkins or Aline Akins twice. Oh, so he was married to the same person twice. Yeah, so it was not necessarily seven. It was like seven or eight marriages, but seven wives. Wow. 
I mean, no, that's too bad, actually, because I was going to say, if he married someone with the same name and that name was Aline twice, do you know how many women you have to marry to get around to marrying two Alines <laughs> twice? You don't have any doubles in your uh, multiple marriages, do you? I do not, no. Yeah. No, not quite. I got Abby, Kara, and, uh, and uh, of course, Jane. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I've actually, I dated several people with the name Mary in their name, or variations of Mary. Like, there's a Mary Beth in there. You definitely had some uh, religious issues. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's a there is something like that. But uh, <clears throat> that's uh, Did you know make what you see Jesus. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> that's a discussion that'll happen on the after party. Oh, okay. Coming, there we coming go. Coming up next month, you can uh, all of my wives. <laughs> you can subscribe monthly or annually, and you can listen to us talking about all of our embarrassing the after party, issues. otherwise known as the Bob and Chess Therapy Hour. <laughs> <laughs> that's precisely what it's because it's free uh, for us, which means it's cheaper than therapy. <laughs> that's right. You're paying us for us to use you as our therapist. That's right. But uh, so Larry and Sean, Sean, Sean uh, Southwick, Sean Southwick King or whatever the hell her name is. is, First of all, she's got like three feet on Larry. Like Larry's just like a troll doll at this point. He's like a a toad and he's married to this wife who must be nine feet tall and has had extensive uh, plastic surgery, by the way. She's got sort of the Joan Crawford excessive plastic, the little tiny, tiny nose, the puffy cheeks and the. You know, the weird, I don't know, this is the, that weird, pla- oh, too much botched plastic surgery look. And she, and she looks like she's 30 and Larry is 108. And, You're uh, being very kind. And so <laughs> Larry has, uh, has, has this special in which he invited a bunch of celebrities over to his house for dinner. And they were all going to sit around the dinner table and just talk shit. You know, and just talk. It was like Larry doing Larry's show, but at his dinner table with his but, wife. But too lazy to go to a studio and do it. Fuck <laughs> it, make him come to my house. Bring the groceries. Come on over. We're going to have turkey and mashed potatoes. <laughs> it's Larry. Larry and his wife. And so Boy, it was, uh, must have been must have been really a bitch to get everybody to go down to Boca. <laughs> right. It was it was Shaquille O'Neal, Russell Brand. Uh, Seth MacFarlane. How did the Schwartz get in here? <laughs> Conan O'Brien. God, who else? I can't. I can't remember who else. Russell Brand evidently uh, stole some stuff. Like went into their, went into Sean's underwear uh, drawer and stole a bunch of her underpants. And then, oh, wouldn't you? Are you kidding me? I would be. First of all, first thing I'd be doing is I would be raiding Larry's medicine cabinet. Like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. That would be like drugstore cowboy, the crap you'd get out of there. Can you imagine what they're using to keep him alive? Well, I it's, totally it's, want some of that. It's like ginkgo and Esther C. I mean, that's all you'd get out of Larry's right. cabinet, I imagine. Gar- garlic. Garlic. Garlic is keeping me alive. Larry. <laughs> He's got uh, – and so well, here's, now, here's what I'm getting at. Here, the, so they're, they're all sitting around the dinner table, and the subject – this is the, the big holiday topic, right? The subject of death comes up. And someone asks, as it as it always does, it does around, around around Larry, because he's like, you know, he's like the great grandfather at the one end of the table, you know, who's just struggling to get that one shaky spoonful of jello into his mouth. <laughs> Everyone's sort of talking to him like he's like he's hard. Of How you doing, Larry? You enjoying your jello? I am. This is good jello. <laughs> 
It and, would be it would be like not talking about blowjobs with Linda Lovelace in the room. <laughs> so they're talking about death, and this is what I, now I, you have to forgive this audio because I couldn't get the uh, unfettered audio because CNN hadn't posted this clip yet. So I, this is the this is the E News. Ver- so there's a, a thumping house rhythm behind it, but this is this is how the conversation continued. Oh, wait, I hit the wrong goddamn button. Here, here we go. Oh, I fear death. I yeah. fear death. Uh, my biggest fear is death. So Larry, that's Larry saying he's fear, he fears death. His biggest fear is death, which makes him so unique. Yeah, because I don't think I'm going anywhere. I don't have a belief. I don't share a belief. I'm married to someone who has the belief, mm-hmm. so she knows she's going somewhere. I want to be uh, frozen. Okay, so I, wait, I don't, <laughs> don't want to jump the gun. He says he's, he, he doesn't he's have... like Woody Allen with no discernible talent. Right. So he, he's afraid. He of... has all the neuroses of Woody Allen and yet no talent. <laughs> what happened to the groceries? What happened to the groceries? <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, he fears death because he doesn't have the belief. My wife has the belief. I don't have the belief. <laughs> I have the gout. And you My watch... wife has the belief. And our audience is watching this show on the cable. <laughs> having a slice of the cake. Uh, so he doesn't have the belief. So he's afraid that once he dies, there's going to be nothing because he doesn't have the belief. But here's, here's the big headline. So she knows she's going somewhere. I want to be uh, frozen. <laughs> he wants to be frozen. Please tell me that, that the show ended with all of them putting Larry in the freezer. <laughs> Like in his own freezer, in his walk-in freezer, just wrapping him up and putting him in there. He's like Mr. Burns now. Stay tuned for our, for the next next Larry King special in the year 2173. Smithers, put me in the fridge. Sean, Sean, put me, freeze me now. And so I, I'm thinking, I'm watching this and I'm thinking that Larry, uh, that Larry's joking. That there's going to be something like, ah, you know, I, I was once talking to Walt Disney when we were both uh, in our 30s together in 1942. <laughs> and, you know, like... I, I was talking to Walt Disney. He was talking about how great that Holocaust thing was that almost killed me and my whole family. <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know, because it's so odd hearing Larry talk about himself, first of all, because he, he's always that guy. He's always saying, well, did you, what happened to the groceries? He's, he's always asking about the other person with these softball questions. This is now Larry saying that he wants to be cryogenically frozen. So I'm thinking that he's, that he's, he's got to be joking. He's, this has got to be some this – is this is a zinger. It's got to be so, going somewhere. It's not. He's entirely serious. Uh, on the hope that they'll find whatever I died of and bring me back. The, okay. The other thing is – okay, so You're now – waiting he, for the cat skills punchline. Exactly. But this is a guy, he's had 12 heart attacks or something. He's had more heart attacks than wives. And so it's amazing that he's still alive. Trust me, Bob, they are the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. And so... uh, By the way, I'll be 42 on Sunday. Oh, happy birthday. Billy, Billy Joel has got nothing on me when it comes to wives. Neither does Larry King. I got three in a period of 15 years. Has it ever occurred to you, Chez, that if you were to die, that you'd want to be frozen? No. <laughs> what, no. what kind of guy goes, hey, you know what? Fuck death. I want to be frozen. I'm going to cheat it. 
and then you're okay with it suddenly. Clearly, being frozen after he's dead uh, is not helping Larry King's fear of death. The, the funny thing is that if you had a real appreciation for that, and if you're in a, in a really, as he says, the belief, if you had a belief that that would actually work, if you really thought for sure that that shit would work, wouldn't you do it like when you were 35? Yeah. At the oldest, 35, maybe even 40 at the vet, seriously, tail end. Because I wouldn't want to be frozen when I was Larry's age. Exactly, because Larry now looks like Larry King 30 years ago, but melted. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he does. He looks like he has already been frozen and thawed out like in a microwave. Like he's just like he's like if you put a burrito in the microwave and the shit oozes out the side and over the edge of the plate, that stuff that oozes over the edge of the plate. That's what Larry looks like now. And so he wants he wants caveman talk show host. <laughs> he wants to preserve that. I don't know why, but here's the rest. And she said to me, if you come back in 200 years, you won't know anybody. Okay, <laughs> I'll meet new people. I'll meet new people. <laughs> and, then, and then the laugh. <laughs> I'll meet new Very people. <laughs> I'll find another five wives. <laughs> Larry. Go piss on John Klein's grave. The, the, this man's career, uh, I, you know, baffles me. I don't understand how he... Well, how remember that he really is like 143 years old right yeah. now. So he's going to say ridiculous, insane shit. He's at that age now where it's kind of forgivable, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's at he's, that age. It's yeah, like, he's, you know, every, everybody. You know, my grandfather did that before he died. He just, he doesn't give a crap anymore. He's lived long enough. He'll say whatever the hell he wants. And if it's embarrassing, so what? That's right. That's, that's why old men can still get away with, like, pinching a strange woman's ass as they walk by. Right. <laughs> I'm old. I don't know. <laughs> right. And, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and Larry King, not only that, but Larry King has money. So it's, Jesus, he's, you know, the double threat. So let's continue with this. I just want to make sure that we stick with the headline here. Oh, this is Conan O'Brien. Huh. Conan O'Brien's like, what? What? What, what just happened? Okay. I'll meet new people. <laughs> I just want to make sure that we stick with the headline here, which is that you wish to be frozen. Your head. <laughs> would you want to live forever? Would yeah. You, 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 you would. You bet your ass. You, want, you bet your ass. I want to live forever. <laughs> so he can accumulate you know, good. He wants to get to a clean hundred wives. He'll be thought out, and uh, the Amer- America will be like it, like it is an idiocracy. <laughs> right. So you and know, he'll, and, and oddly, he'll fit right in. No discussion of Larry King would be complete without uh, without playing a couple Larry King tapes. And I, I'm building up a collection of them. This is uh, this is Larry King on his uh, his radio show. I just noticed something that in one of your interviews with John Candy, I believe it looked like an older interview. You had less hair than you have today. How do you explain that? I uh, don't wear a wig, sir. Paint your bald spot? What bald spot? You paint your bald spot? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. My hair grows. You paint your bald spot? I don't have a bald spot. How come you had less hair on the tape? Maybe my hair grew. Maybe I had a bad haircut that day. By the way, something. What do you care? Paint your bald spot? I don't. Do you paint your bald spot? Paint your bald spot? There's another tape. It's too long. We don't have time for it. There's another tape where he's exhausted after doing 40 consecutive nights of radio. And he just goes off in this drunken, exhausted rant about hmm. medical school, confusing medical school with journalism school. Oh, God. Have you heard that? Great. Have you heard that one? No, I don't think I have. Oh, my God. Well, we're way late. Uh, 
Oh, what the hell? I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it, and then we'll, then, we'll, then we'll immediately end the show. But this is, this is probably the, the greatest bit of audio of anyone ever. This is Larry King, <laughs> exhausted after 40 consecutive nights of doing radio. And I got one more question. Uh, I'm a student of print journalism, and I just wanted to know, uh, what advice do you have for uh, uh, young people coming up into the field? Like, I, a lot of uh, for prof- professors are telling us, how hard it is to get into the field at first. I'd just like to know, since you're in the field, do you have any advice on that? For instance, experience, is that important? Uh-huh. Sure. That, is, that, <laughs> is that probably the most important uh, element? Well, it's way up there. It's way up there? Anything Anything else? Anything you can do? Pressure under fire. Mm-hmm. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Okay. Applied himself well. <laughs> These are things I'd have confidence in a young MD. Okay. <laughs> I'm talking about journalism field. I'm lost. What do you mean? The journalism. Like, I'm a student of journalism at a college, and I was just wondering the most important aspect of getting into journalism, not the medical field. I think you're exhausted. From 30 nights. I am exhausted from 30 nights. No no person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with uh, Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre, even those of us who uh, have shown an aptitude to, uh, to uh, fight the good fight and stay the good long battle, even those of us can get tired. And your boy is tired after 30 consecutive nights. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. Okay. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude. We don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. Okay. So what do you do? What is the answer? Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. The club? The I don't worry about the club. <laughs> worry about maybe Jackie might That's work. the greatest line ever. Nah, I don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Of course, some breezes, as you know, are 110 miles an hour and get promoted up to hurricanes. I just thought I'd pass that along. We're gonna, speaking of pass it along, we're going to pass along now to the newsroom, the mutual newsroom. High atop the overlooking downtown, beautiful downtown studios of Washington, Virginia, Washington, D.C. The mutual newsroom will get us up to date on the news headlines, and we'll come back with a little more open phone America. We'll have our salute to my man, Duke Zebert, by taking him to one of his favorite places, one of mine, too, the town of Cooperstown, New York. This is the Larry King Show in Washington, and we'll be right back. <laughs> so that's the Larry King exhausted tape. Yep. That's pretty good. That's better than pretty good. The, the club? I mean, that was Larry King in his prime. I mean, that was Larry King before CNN. And and and, and he, he was, was he sounds just as just as dead and out of it and insane, you know. Then sounds just, sounded just as insane then as he does now. Being uh, him being on the evening and you being a producer of the morning show. I mean, you never stumbled into him at CNN. Oh yeah, no, I I, I wandered across him a couple times at the Time Warner Center. 
you wandered across from him as he was laying Wander, there. Wandered across him. Wandered, came across him. That does that sound even worse? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, I think I think I saw him a few times. Usually he was leaving the Death Star and I was going in, or vice versa. I imagine him uh, just be, like he he almost looks like he's got no bone structure. That he's just like he's kind of hunched over. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a floppy mess on the on the floor that you kind of trip over. Oh, sorry, Mister King. The couple times I saw him, he had on a black leather jacket, which was the oddest thing I'd ever seen. <laughs> yeah, which is you not know, what I would expect from him. I've seen him on like red carpet things, and and he's wearing like hipster clothes. He's wearing like yeah, he's like a black, you know, like I own one, like a black, like almost motorcycle, you know, jacket type thing. Not motorcycle, you know, like Harley motorcycle, like you know, like a motorcycle, uh, like a you know, fast ass motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's like a hipster. He's like he's wearing it in an ironic way. He's got the skinny jeans and the pork pie hat. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god! So there you go. I know it's a little, little bit long in the Larry King stuff, but I love talking about Larry. It's King. fine. We could do we could do an entire show about Larry King every week. I think so. But uh, you know we've got uh, I think one, maybe two more shows. I think it's maybe one more show before uh, the Christmas break. Yeah. And then maybe we'll do one between, I don't know. I have no idea. I have we'll to look at the calendar. Out. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Maybe there'll be a show in, in and amongst uh, the holiday week there. but uh, Or maybe not. But we will uh, we will definitely be back in full force in January with this show, the free show, and the after party show. Excellent. Exciting. And that's uh, details coming soon. And you'll be able to sign up and it'll be great. You get all kinds of insider stuff and... Best damn show ever. After party show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Drive safely. See you next week, Chess. See ya. You paint your bald spot.